What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it. It is 2023. Yes, people, welcome back to another episode of What Is This Behaviour podcast. I am Aaron Christian, one third of your hosts, who normally are Almas Badat and Ruben Christian, my brother. We are three South Asian creatives who go against the grain and speak to other South Asian creatives who are going against the grain. And you know what? It feels good to be back. We've been away for all of our regular listeners probably noticed we've been away for for a bit but we've been in the shadows cooking recording doing all that good stuff um, and it did take a little bit longer than expected but we're back and we've got some amazing juicy episodes coming up for you in this season so subscribe now and listen to the next 10 to 12 weeks of unfiltered chat with the best of south asian talent what is this behavior do you want it? You're dying for it! What is this behavior? What is this behavior? Are you in your bathroom, Aaron? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Allow that... me, Nikesh. I've just moved into, I bought a house. Um, Ruben was what? just saying I look like I'm fresh off the boat stabbed into some next back room. <laughs> I said he needs to at least sort his lighting out. That's what Did I said just... to him. Did you just try and flex on your podcasting equipment by saying you've just bought a house? Like, I've got oh, a mortgage. No. I'm doing very well, thank you. No, Do not you... at all. Oh, my God. That's, this is not making it into the, 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 the cut. I am going to edit yeah. this. Do you know what? Nikesh, I would say, as Aaron's <laughs> eldest brother and spending this amount of time I have with him, I would say that might be partly true. He might have dropped like a sly. A I was sly actually trying to say that the, this house and the move has been the most stressful and not a great move. Hence, we haven't had anything done to this yard. And there's <laughs> Ruben's bullet holes up in there. I don't know if you can see that. So I actually bought the house of Ruben. So I don't know why he's trying to remain silent. Like he's not flexing there. Oh Jeez, gosh. man. Nikesh, where, where, where are you based at the moment? Are you trying to figure out what area um, Nikesh is in to see how blurry his video is? That's the Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, I'm right at the end of the the fibre optic cable. Uh, I'm in Boston. (laughs) You're sitting on it, and it's still working. I think it's because my children are watching Disney Plus, which is not only do they take all your money, but but they take all your fucking bandwidth as well. Um, they will be they will be finished quite soon, I think. We'll know when you get you when you come into HD. How often do you do you kind of like shape time to to come off of your work mode or like like is that a part that you um book into the calendar to kind of like literally take take time off because just before you came on air we were talking about your process as a writer kind of you know being a prolific creative that has like really consistently put out and shipped out work consistently um and as a filmmaker like as I've kind of developed as a filmmaker and and each project takes a little bit longer and stuff like I often kick myself a lot for not kind of going out and and absorbing other people's work and whether that's in, in a different format, like a musician or whatever. And I still think I need to do that so much more. How does it work for you? 
I mean, you have to, you have to like part of part of my job as a writer is to notice and to be in the world mm. and to hold a mirror up to the world, and I can't do it from this desk. Um, <laughs> so, like, I'm I'm like I'm not out a lot, but I make sure that there is time in my uh, in my my weekly calendar to go and do stuff like I had a, a when I, when things were getting on top of me I had a thing where for six months earlier this year every Friday between 12 and 3 I had I had written in my diary do something fun and that could be, <laughs> and you know and that could Love be that. and I wasn't allowed to turn it into content I wasn't allowed to like yeah, go, yeah, yeah. this shall inspire <laughs> an essay I took up skateboarding yeah. I went to see a yeah. lot of movies that weren't Marvel films um, yeah. I went like I would pick like a restaurant that I could walk to and just and and you know all that kind of stuff like that's that's the job of the writer is to, like, to, <laughs> is, is to notice stuff and um, call it research and claim it back on your tax. Uh, but, also, <laughs> but, but I, I also I, I, I go to a lot of stand up comedy. I watch a lot of films. I, I read a lot of books. I guess the start the thing I probably don't do anymore which i'm sure none of you will find this relatable at all um is i don't really go out dancing anymore which is something i really miss but i'm a 42 year old dad of two like when do i have time like i've been working on a project i'm gonna push back no yeah i knew one of <laughs> yeah. us would push back on that go on Alex. well like the pro firstly the problem is Daldin hasn't come to bristol number one hey. uh, <laughs> all right i knew that was oh, gonna be shot uh, shots fired, Every, shots yeah. fired early, 18 minutes in <laughs> no the, like so i've been working on a, a project with um uh with mr shabs from so solid crew uh who lives in bristol and uh they're they're on friday like Nabiha and your boy kieran and a bunch of a bunch of people were coming to bristol to do do some Sick. stuff and we were both like we're both dads and we were texting each other at seven o'clock going do you want to go to this thing yeah cool and then and then he was like i just looked at the times it starts at 11 i've just and i was like yeah i've just poured myself a glass of wine and i'm about to watch yesterday's taskmaster and he was like i don't think we're going out and we both convinced ourselves within like less than 120 seconds that we weren't going out clubbing but a lot of it is just I'm just tired all the time. Annie Mac has just started a new, a new know, club uh, called Before Midnight, where it finishes at eleven thirty, but it has the vibes of it just that. started at eleven thirty, and I'm really looking forward to more stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, daytime you know race for the win. Also, isn't there a party called Raver Tots where you can go with your kids? I, um, I'm really <laughs> listen, and I'm not. 40 or a parent which is which is why you won't know that when you go out you want to go out without your fucking kids sorry i don't know if it, i didn't even ask if i could swear on this you can i swear. do not want to go swear. out and socialize with my children i want i want to go and hang out with my friends who are single and have weird dating stories that make me feel like i'm young again yeah yeah, yeah. Live Oh when, wait, do you know what? When was the last time you actually danced? And what dances were you doing? This is for my curiosity. Uh, we're, we're about to get into a very earnest moment. Let's but like lockdown, lockdown started a Friday dancing around the kitchen to 
ska and reggae tradition in this house with our Jeez. kids. So last Friday, uh-huh. I think we put on the Lady Ray album and danced around to that. Sort of dancing, dancing through the heartbreak of Lady, that. poor Lady Ray, who's going through some stuff. <laughs> but those, the tunes are banging. So, like, like with your kids as well. Um, so they're, they're watching Disney at the moment. You dance around the kitchen with them. You're also big into Lego with them. Yeah, I love Lego. Is that right? Or was, or was Lego your kind of like escapism and processing kind of Well, what task? you tend to do is just try and make give make your kids be really into the stuff that you're into, but you're slightly too old to be yourself. <laughs> nice so hacks. I, I make sure my kids are really into Marvel stuff and Lego. <laughs> um, no, Le- Lego's... Yeah, Lego's great. I love playing Lego. But also Lego's like the best way to have a conversation with a kid. Like... If I sat my kid down and was like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, people being mean to you at school, they'd be like, no, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about or whatever. But if you're just playing mm. Lego, you can you can sort of have much less... Let the guard com- down. Less intense conversation. So it's, it's quite a good way of um, taking the focus off the intensity of a parent's gaze, I think, sometimes. Ooh, I love that. Talk, talking of um, relationships with young people i've like we've done a bit of research and we, we realize how big you are or have been especially with mentoring um is that something you're still really passionate about now because because i imagine there's a lot like we, we've seen the stuff that you're putting out the stuff that's in development and i honestly don't know how you're doing it what like um, juggling the mass so, so do you also have time to mentor yeah, juggling the projects, work as well as mentorship now at this stage of your career. Look, mentoring is like is the most important thing any of us can do, I think. But I, I think for me, I wouldn't have a career if I hadn't been mentored by the right people at the right time. And like, not everyone necessarily has access to people who can mentor them. But the more of mm. us who kind of make the choice to kind of go, I'm, so I basically put aside five hours a week to mentor people to write. Um, and I've done that my, the entirety of my career. And like some of those people have gone on to do really, really amazing things. Um, and some of them have just like written that one essay that kind of helped them noodle out the thing that was troubling them. Mm. And that's all they needed to do. Mm. So like, like the the process of just being an active listener and a critical friend to someone can be really really life changing. When I was when I was coming up, um, I like the first thing that I ever had commissioned uh, was this uh, short uh, a short story in a book that was being edited by Courtier Newland and Rajiv Balasubramaniam and Nia Ikwe Parks. And they all just like they could just see that I was young and I, I hadn't ever done like a creative writing degree or anything like that. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just had like instinct and mm. stories to tell. And they they all just t- took their time with me and helped me helped me develop what I was trying to do. And then Selena Godden would give me stage time to try out new ideas. Some of them failed really badly. Some of them did okay. Um, and she was always there like at the end of it to kind of offer a friendly shoulder. And then Niven Govindan as well. And like without any of them, I wouldn't have a career. I would have given up a long time ago. And so the I can't ever pay any of them back, like yeah. I can't take them. I can't take them all to like Wagamama's for dinner, because <laughs> yeah, well no, um, 
it just wouldn't it i could i can never pay them back but i can pay it forward and so i always have paid it mm-hmm. forward in the hope that if i pay it forward then other people will get to the position where they can pay it because like not everyone ha- can make time to mm-hmm. mentor but i think it's just a really important part of what i do but also i've been a youth worker for a really long time and even though mm-hmm. i don't do it as a career anymore i still do, i still volunteer um and mm. like part of that giving giving back is just really important to me. Like it, my mum was a really big believer in seva, like community service, and I just think mm. that for me, it's the it's it's the only way to kind of help a marginalised community treat like treat it treat itself and treat its assets and treat its stories with the importance that they deserve. Yeah, there's there's so much I want to I want to say in there, and I guess it's 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 kind of to the to the room as well. But what? So I think both Ruben, myself, Almas have always kind of done that throughout our careers, and 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 there's a few points to this. I think like one, do you think it's important to kind of pay it forward from an early age? Because I when when I speak to a, a lot of people and. Um, at different stages of their careers, the people that don't or say that they don't have that much time to mentor. And I don't think everyone needs to, right? Like, you know, like what you just said. But a, a thing that I constantly hear is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do it when I kind of make it or get to a certain stage of their career. Um, I have never subscribed to that. I was just like, and maybe it's come from a similar space, not seeing enough of us in areas having this element of... Um, feeling guilty about certain positions that I've been in and then being like, look, I think I'd love other people to be in this space. But yeah, I find if you start a little bit late, you're missing a whole chunk of people that could have made that first step. Like what is, what is your ex- thoughts or experiences on, on trying to get people to pay it forward at different stages of, of the ladder? Well, I, th- I think people mistake it as like person who has some, and I'm using inverted commas here, like cultural capital giving back to the aspiring artist. But I don't I don't think the best mentors are necessarily like, oh, David Bowie's gonna help me write a song next week. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, 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 it's yeah. it's the person like because mentoring is just a, is is mostly about active listening and helping mm. the person to work out what it is they're trying to do and not telling them what you think that they should do, but helping them to come to those realizations themselves. And all that is, is just asking the right sets of questions and being active in that conversation. Anyone can do that. Mm. I like, but I I know that, that, you know, there are for various reasons, there'll be people who don't have the capacity or the time or the, you know, maybe even the confidence to to be a mentor and you know mm. i get that there are some people who definitely do have all of those things and yet don't and yet talk about <laughs> community all the time and yeah, i yeah, see yeah. you oh, yeah. i see you yeah yeah, um, yeah 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 but the thing is like i do it i also do it because i don't know how many other writers at my level are doing it like um yeah. during during lockdown i did I saw that people weren't like my peers just weren't doing enough. So I I basically ran a free two day mentoring training course that I just threw together myself and trained up like 150 writers on how to mentor other writers. So I haven't like checked in on them because the, the, the onus isn't on me to kind of shepherd that through the onus is on them to just like 
follow their hearts. Like, um, but you know, I do it because it's important to me, but also like it helps me to, it helped like talking about all this stuff, like talking about how to the mechanics of writing stories and, and, and all the rest of it, it helps me as well. You know, mm. like it helps me to kind of really clarify what I think works and what I think doesn't work. And it helps me to reflect on my own work. So it's not always like a one way process. It does. Mentoring can be beneficial for the person being the mentor. I learn so much from the young people that I mentor. Um, they just have fresh takes on stuff or the questions mm. they ask are things that I've probably not considered myself. Yeah. Um, it's also so refreshing to hear, yes, they might be looking for guidance in a, sp- a specific area, but actually um, a lot of the people that I mentor are sort of light years ahead of when I was that age. And so I'm constantly learning. Um, and and I kind of remind them of that when we're in the yeah. sessions. Um because I can only give them my experience, but that's not, that's that's my experience, right? I'm not saying mm. you should do it this way. It's just, this is what I know. And I'm just sharing that. Um, Ruben, you do that a lot, don't you? You speak, you work with a lot of young people. Yeah, man. And yeah, but what you guys are both saying resonates a lot with me. You know, I think um, <clears throat> whenever I approach it, like, like you, Mass, the first thing I say is this is non-hierarchical. I just um just bring all of us on the mm-hmm. same level i think because truly truly i really actually feel that yeah there's some things i've learned along the way being a 40 40 plus year old man second from death <laughs> like, Stop it. M- mentoring gen z <laughs> but at the same time like that's just my sh- really limited yeah. lens you know my very super hyper limited experience and so here's some ideas that we can talk about um and question and interrogate but you give me some as well it's like when i when i go into those mentoring sessions it's more like collaboration around certain projects Mm. whatever it is they're trying to whatever it is they're trying to do um yeah and i learned that quite quickly and i and i've never really liked as much as when i was younger it's nice to have some very clear guidance that knows what they or seems to know what they're talking about but the older i get i realize actually no one really no one everyone's just trying to ting and they're all trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it out so it's probably more fun if we try and figure <laughs> some stuff out together do you know what i mean yeah i also feel like i'm still at the beginning of my career i don't think mm. that i've i've done I don't know, maybe in my mind there was this, as you just said, there's an idea of like a mentor and like they have, they've unlocked all of the things. So when people approach me now to mentor them, I'm like, okay, great. Like I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm still figure, figuring this out. Um, yeah. And yeah, I suppose it, that is just the human experience. But, but isn't aren't it? we all just figuring it out as artists? Like I don't, I, I feel like our journeys as artists are quite, are lifelong. Like the things that, the things that really interested me when I first started are not necessarily the things that still interest me creatively or the thing that, or they've deepened in some way, or they've just become the thing that I work out new ways of saying again and again. And so like, I, I, I do, I, I wonder sometimes, cause I, I also feel like when people ask me to mentor them and I'm always like, my instant reaction is like, but I'm a dickhead. And I think, <laughs> but I think like, <laughs> I think that part of that is um, like 
that like a degree of imposter syndrome that come like that is just a natural part of being from a marginalized community or a marginalized community within a marginalized community you automatically yeah. imposter yourself because you're you, mm. if you're the one questioning whether you deserve to take up any particular space then um no one else can do it for you and and i and i think that like the majority of people that i mentor they just want to like spend time with someone that they perceive to be doing something that they want to be doing or that they could be doing or mm. is doing something at a level higher than where they are and like and literally like the time becomes the the time isn't is the asset in that like time is the thing that they need and time is the thing that we can give even the busiest of us like I'm really busy. Like I've got loads of stuff on, but I will mm. earmark those five hours every single week. Like I was in, I was in, mm. um, I know it sounds like a, like a flex cause I'm doing very well guys, but I was in, I was in LA. And I still woke up at 6am two days in a row just to make sure I hit those mentoring meetings because like, I didn't have a good enough excuse to not make them other than oh, I'll just have to wake up early. Mm. But like I was at a critical point with one mm. of them, one of the people I was yeah. working with on their novel. And I thought, well, if I'm meeting this person, I might as well just do the rest of them. Like, so time becomes mm. the important thing, mm. I think. And we all do yeah. have that time mm -hmm. to give. There's so many people that know how th that have maybe manipulated is the wrong word but they've really polished their game in 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 projecting like a uh, a mentoring image or an educator image really really well but all they're talking about is their specific experience that could have also been time in luck access and privilege but really really projecting it with a microphone that, that this is the one thing you guys should do and i think that's really really dangerous like I've just seen people platformed and I'm like, man, it's influencing people. I feel from my perspective in the wrong way when they haven't been in the trenches and, 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 and done the work. Uh, I'm going to open that up to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the question? You just want us to share your frustration. No, or what, do you, what, what do you think? Please. Like, do you like, cause <clears throat> you know, I, I, what are you saying that people, people, Given There's performative advice. altruism all over the gaff. No, I just think there could be more more examples of teaching where you can be honest and vulnerable and and and, and not just look like you know it all and and you're just projecting one, like you know, just one a one dimensional. It's a one dimensional thing. It's not like a conversational thing, and it's not like overly performative, and it's not polished and all of that. I I do notice that. One of the quickest ways to get clout amongst marginalized creatives is to be a de facto community lead to community <laughs> leader, but treat it treat yourself like a bit of a cult leader in a weird way, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's I find it really disingenuous and I can people are looking to one side like we've all identified at least one person that doing that version, version of what i'm talking about um in our minds maybe it's even maybe the venn diagram is a circle i don't know but um <laughs> but, the, but the 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 thing is that 
like eventually when you run out of clout that you can accrue for doing that that's when you move on to other things and you leave that community behind and that that's where the, no but that's that what i'm so is so dangerous though isn't it yeah as in it's it it's not authentic and ultimately the the community or the people that you you were saying that you're there to help get like literally what you just said just get left behind right and that's just what i've observed and noticed in it and it does frustrate me yeah it's very exploitative and there's people that genuinely want direction and are looking for guidance. And the best guidance you can give, I think, is to empower people to trust mm. themselves. And if you instead are taking advantage and convincing them to trust you and then leaving them out, they're worse off than when they yeah. started. <laughs> and, mm, and that's a point. Man. Like, and the thing is, like, I, I, the, all the stuff that I do, I really fucking mean it. Like, I, mm. I, it comes from a very pure place for me. And, you know, there are times where I've fucked up or I've made mistakes or I've like, you know, not got, not done my best with people or, or even like not just had enough time to work with all the people that I want to work with. But like it, gen like, because I'm still doing it, like, I really mean it. And, mm. but then like, mm. that's why I kind of gravitate to other people who are, who are also doing those those things like you know mutual friend of Ruben and mine like people like Anthony Naxagoru who who like really means it with, with all that stuff mm. he does like it's why why I really dig this podcast because it, it it really feels like you guys come from a very genuine place like a very thoughtful place about all of this stuff mm. and yet I do see you know when there was that sort of diversity gold rush of like <laughs> hey include <laughs> inclusive voices are being <laughs> let in let me just hoover up all of the attention oh, like all, all of those man. people have kind of ascended Where are and they? they're, yeah. well, they're doing what they're doing and you know yeah. that's fine but like there are still people who need support and need to be empowered and need to be helped and and all the rest of it and hopefully that's you know hopefully i can continue to do that for as long as i can you know what nick thank you so much for sharing that man and just for um saying what you said about the pod i think for me I, I guess i needed to hear that i told the guys before we started uh before you came on air air can we say air shit is this a live show whatever man um i, I said i had a really shitty day today i had a absolute pooey poo poo <laughs> day man, where i was trying to crack on with a project i'm working on but my brain was just the negative thoughts was in the driving seat and it was just a, a really negative narrative of everything I'm doing was just projected at maximum volume and looped. And I can separate those thoughts from my higher self and what I want to do. But sometimes, man, they, they seem so loud and so clear that they seem so true. And I don't know if you guys have those days. And, and if you do, uh, for example, Nikesh, Nikesh especially as, as an artist and as a writer and as a, you're getting more successful. How, how do you push through those? Do you push through those? Do you wait for them to pass or do you just keep cr cracking on with the work that you're so certain is the right thing you should be doing, even though the voices are telling you otherwise? Like, How do you approach those downtimes, man? I, I guess for me, I, I, sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot. I'm really sorry. Um, I mean, this is, we brought you on the pod. <laughs> you are the guest, Nikesh. Yeah, you are the guest, man. We've been chatting for 78 episodes. That is so funny. Life, <laughs> but, but I, I, I guess for, for, you, you know, they, like that thing about how pay, 
like when you feel pain, it's your body warning you of something that that something's mm. wrong. Mm. I I do think on those days where something else is infecting or influencing or like he, like laying heavily across the work that you're trying to do, because being freelance, being creatives, we're all hustling and on the treadmill and trying to mm. get projects off our desks, find the next project to get onto the desk and get it off the desk. And I mean, A, we're not doing necessarily doing our best work being on that treadmill, but also so like when you're doing work that is very personal and means something to you and it means something to the community, you're dealing with a lot of stuff and mm. like putting that stuff into your art isn't the same as therapy. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way. Like it, it can, it can be like a capsule of catharsis, but it's not the same as like sorting that stuff out. So like, yeah. I find that <laughs> like today, um, yeah, I also had a, a, a shitty day up until this. It's been a delightful past hour of my, of my time. Thank you very much. Um, but I just yeah, felt really out of control <clears throat> because <throat> I had, um, I'd forgotten to put in my diary a big event tomorrow evening that conflicts with um, something my partner's doing and it's a big event and I don't want to turn it down but I also don't want to turn it down because like it's my bad like admin that is responsible for it not going in the diary and I just like and that just meant that everything else fell out of control mm. and i just had to like go like the feeling that i just need to sit in the feeling of the loss of control and the loss of control wasn't about the work it wasn't about the event tomorrow night it wasn't about the thing that i need to prepare for the event or like the novel pages that i want to spend some time with in addition to that it was just because i've got so much going on and i just don't feel very grounded this in week. sync yeah and and that yeah. and so like it that's like just the warning sign like something else is the problem so like i mean if you want to chat after the pod and just talk about what's going on man I, like <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll, I'll send you my number we can have a chat it's fine like shitty days are just mm. life i think getting in the way of work yeah thanks man um I might take you up on the call. I, I don't know how I'll feel yet, but I really appreciate the offer, firstly. Um, and thanks for sharing that. Do, do you ever, like, I've, I really understand you, man. Just to reflect, it sounds like sometimes um, there will be a catalyst to make you, I don't know, that would trigger you or me or us into a certain state. But usually it's the wider landscape that is um, turbulent, right? It's not just the one thing. So, so, so I get that and I do try to bring it back, but sometimes I think, um, and I don't know if anyone experiences this, but I'm generally quite a hopeful person and a bit of an optimist. And, a, and I unpacked this in therapy to a point where it was like to my detriment. So I had to just like grow up and like carve some of that optimism down to deal with the reality of the complexity of the world, yet alone this industry. And so sometimes when I get past those those dips, I think I might just be getting into another pattern when really something does need actually addressing. need to change or yeah, yeah, does yeah. actually need yeah, sorting. Yeah. yeah. Does, uh, does, do, do you guys ever think that you might be fooling yourself? I guess it's whether that thing that you really, really feel in your gut or is is it a consistent thing or is it just something that's mm -hmm. that's thrown you off 
Because right now, like, and, and, and I'm going back to the earlier point of like saying that I bought this house with a flex, but it's actually the total opposite. Like, I've Ruben and Mass know this, but we just, we just, me and my wife just moved in, and it's, you know, I'm on the ladder. It's like an amazing thing. I bought my family house. I'm back in Stratford. Everything should be a win, but it feels the total opposite. Like, everything is out of sync. It's like, I'm not used to the area. It's the first area that my wife kind of like was from, from France and Paris. So she feels like she doesn't like this area right now. The whole house needs a lot of work. And for me, there's like little rituals and consistencies are like help me get aligned in my week. So it's just like, I'm, I'm just trying to find, <laughs> I'm trying to find stuff. And it's that word control, right? I'm trying to find or latch onto anything that I can kind of control and, and have some consistency to, um to give yeah to give my 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 new life a little bit of order um but yeah i think sometimes rubes to try to answer your question um i think if it's a if it's a thing that's reared its head up a few times then i think it's something that I, it, it, mm. it makes me think i need to address it at some point might need further yeah mm. fair play i'll get you Nikos, another question to you. Do you ever, I assume the work you're doing is great. You seem to be doing a fair bit of it. Um, so I, it feels obvious that you're aligned to at least one of your callings here, if, if you even believe in that shit. Um, but do you ever feel like, do you know what? Fuck this artist life, man. <laughs> Does that, ever, does that ever come up like at this level in your career? Because it looks like you're doing bits and it seems like you're in a beautiful flow right now. Do you ever like, oh, this is so long? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I really feel like, <laughs> I really feel like in like two or three years time, I'm going to, I'm going to take a carpentry course. <laughs> I like, there's something, there's, I find there's something like, yeah, something about something totally working with different. your hands doing something that's like repetitive but structural involves building I, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by that um and also i really enjoy it the the few times i get to do like as aaron will find out very soon bodge jobs around the house um <laughs> but like you should see these shelves i put up they're a disaster but i had a lot of fun, put, a lot of fun putting them up um I, the other day, my my daughters were talking about their dream jobs, and it was really lovely, like listening to what they, what their hopes for the future are. Um, and then they said to me, "What would what would your dream job be?" And it <laughs> took me a second, yeah, to me. To and you. I was like, "Guys, I think I'm doing it," and they were mm. like. I think I'm doing my dream job. And it was like, it was like, it felt like a really big thing to admit. Like, um, last, we're in November now. So yeah, in September I wrote a Spider-Man comic for Marvel. Like, and that was when I was a teenager, when I was a very sort of shy Mm. teenager who Mm -hmm. like lived in comic books because I couldn't live in the world. I never like, and my first, Ever, bits of writing that I ever did was just like filling up like a four lined paper pads of like my own spider-man stories mm. i never thought that was an actual job that i could actually do and then even in my <laughs> years of like writing a novel doing something like the good immigrant or like 
doing stuff for TV. Like even then, writing a Spider Man for Marvel felt was completely just, yeah. unattainable. Different, and then like, yeah. so this yeah. is a flex, and you can see my bad. No, please. I don't know if you can see it. Jeez, oh, you can't. Really we need the we need the, the sound the light, effects. The lights, the lights, wow. the lights, the lights. <laughs> but I've got like, I've got, like my, I did it. I'm redeveloping the Indian Spider-Man, um, who was introduced in like 2005, and um, get to do a new mini series. And I got That's to like, I've a got a cover gig. story in a Spider-Man comic that came out in September, and that was like dream job. Now, but it's not just dream job for me now, but it's like boyhood dream that like was so unattainable done mm. so like yeah. in that sort of classically british way that i opened with yeah everything's okay i guess like i've sort of done my <laughs> i've like i am doing my dream job and like it took it it was a quite a big thing to admit it to my to my kids mm. because yeah yeah like my parents would would never have said that they were doing what they dreamed of. You know, yeah. we crossed oceans so I could work in a warehouse and <laughs> uh, <laughs> we crossed oceans so I could work at the citizens advice bureau and advise racists who hate me about how to fill out their council tax forms. You know, like, you know, they would have never have said that. I've, yeah. I, I think, I think, and going back to your theme, Nikesh of time, I think time's really going to show how powerful that moment is and and it already is like a hugely you know just like massive props to doing that and to to achieving that but <clears throat> i think you'll only look back all of us anyway would would look back and just realize how much of a milestone that was because even you know like i, I landed on your work um through the good immigrant and i don't know if you ever saw it but that kind of inspired me to to go off and, and do a kickstarter and, and raise raise 12k and make the internship which was my first short film and and if anyone knows i fucking hate writing like i'm mainly from fashion and an unscripted documentary so to to write uh a narrative piece was hell on earth <laughs> it managed me to to prod me forward and and you know like I, I I probably should share with you some of the dms that i get on a you know on a monthly basis from people that land on it on 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 youtube and stuff and say like fuck this was amazing because imagine the kind of like your idea here and kind of what it's birthed out there, there must be so much stuff that this spider-man comic is just gonna lead to that you would have no idea is a reason for like what was kind of basically essentially down to you kind of achieving that milestone man so just yeah i just want to take some time to say thank you thank you for all the work that you've done and continue to do man well, thank Thank you. Like, yeah, the the good immigrants like such an interesting thing because like that for me was like a community project. Like, I never thought it would be mm. the book that it ended up being. Like, I literally just thought it was like a a project to say fuck you to publishing by by publishing a <laughs> bunch of sick writers and sell maybe five hundred copies. But like, it's gone on. Like, you know, I remember chatting to you about uh, the film, like when you were making it, and like a guy called uh, like a film director was inspired by the good immigrant and made this amazing horror film called his house. Um, like it, in it inspired loads like, like that book. And like, and I can say this with a lot of confidence because it's not just me who did that. There was like 21 mm -hmm. of us like that. The impact of that book oh, is 100%. like, is like, uh, it's just like yesterday, yesterday, like I went to see, 
Kendrick with uh, Inua Elums and Nish Kumar, both in the fucking kid immigrant, they were both standing out uh, like just outside, like waiting for wait, like waiting for our mate to come out of the toilet. And like some guy just came over to us, and I like as he approached us, I thought, here we go, spotted Nish, and he just came up to us and he went, the "Kid immigrant changed my life," and that and and then Man. walked off, and I was like. Oh, and like <laughs> you just walked off, like, did <laughs> But he was like, he was really nervous. But because like, there was like three of us there, it was like a really lovely moment. But like mm. stuff like that happens all the time, and, I, and I'm really glad that that book has had the impact it's had because you know there's so many people who are like, why did you not have this writer from this experience write about this specific thing that I specifically care about? Why did you do oh, this? Wow. Why didn't you do this? Why did you do it this way? And we were like, because at the time it was just like one of those weird last gang in town projects where you just throw everything into it and it just explodes without you really like having put the initial thought into it. Yeah. Um, and mm. I'm sorry it can't be the book you want it to be but it is the book it is and you know sure if I'd known what an important book in like the sort of the narrative of like Brexity stuff that happened in the media it would have become maybe I would have curated it differently and done different things and included Mm. voices from other communities but I just like at the time it just was what it was and the fact that readers are still finding it now is like that's amazing I just wanted to say I think it's incredible that you mobilised a group of people. I think that's the thing that I took away mm. from looking at the collection of essays is like, whoa, like the, actually when you have people come together and share a vision and then commit to the project and be part of this community, um, I found that really moving. Um, and also that's probably why that guy was like, I love it because he's seen you know like a group of you um together and it's really empowering to see loads of creatives whether they be South Asian or not but um roll together that's going back to that sense of community I I was gonna say when people say why don't you do this I also just tell those people well then why don't you do it then like because like you can pick it like as a creative you can kind of choose to do so many things i often don't understand why people just like oh why don't you include this and this and this and this and this part of being a creative is is having going back to what we talked about having a lens having an edit like you know and if they're passionate about it fucking do it yourself sometimes it's like i I, I don't know i I don't know if everyone always necessarily like has like because i had a bit of cultural capital to be able to do it because i'd written two novels and other stuff and i like i knew people like himesh and riz and i uh, could pull, pull them in and, and all the rest of it but like what i find with that question that really irritates me is it's the easiest way to undermine a project is to go oh, why did God. why didn't what? you do it the way i want you to do it and i just yeah. like mm. if that if that is how someone chooses to undermine a thing like fuck yeah. off like <laughs> exactly. we get that all exactly. the time we get that all the time with dialed in okay. i'm not saying that dialed in has mm. the key like and i don't think i think we always go back to the point is that we hope that we inspire people to basically create their own movements when it comes to music and yeah. the arts and gathering is this, spaces is this your way uh, of telling me that if i want dialed in in bristol <laughs> set on my own fucking collective <laughs> jesus christ 
in it. That's I'm literally sorry. it. That was. Oh the, my god. That was my last. That yeah. was my last. No, no, no. It's all good. No, 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 no. It's all fine. It's all Keep firing, man. Keep firing shots. This is training, you know. We're gonna have some guests on Nickish. That is gonna up this game by about ten times. We gotta be ready for that. No, no, it's fine. But it's you know when you try to do something for the community, that is. You know, you well, most be, communities. Well, you know when you Sorry. just when your community, you might, lol, when, the non-Bristol community is what I was trying to get. At. <laughs> we're not coming to Bristol now. That's yeah, yeah. Bristol. We're coming to Bristol. So Bristol, Bristol. Peace. Anyone that's living in Nick Nickish has worked it. Nickish has killed it for all of you. Lot. And you would have been out by eleven thirty anyway. <laughs> Listen, man, he dialed out. He dialed out the whole of Bristol. Stop Sorry, sorry. I, I created, I created chaos all over your really, really important point. I'm so sorry. Please, please say what you're saying. I don't even know what it was. Um, land. But uh, do you know what it was? It was just about the heartbreaking feeling, man. Where you're like, you want to obviously, we, I personally, I'll speak for myself. Like, I want to create projects that inspire people, include mm. people, and I can still only speak from my perspective and the people around me that I know. So there's only as you know as wide as i can go um but i never see anyone else's thing like i didn't look at the good immigrant and be like well actually it didn't cover these topics and you should have picked these writers exactly to aaron's point if i want to do that i'll go and do that and i'll add to the Mm -hmm. canon you can't expect someone else to do to achieve or touch or touch on the things that you want that's why your role's there that's why you're that you've seen the gap, so you've got to do that. Yeah, but, but it's, it's hard work, though, isn't it, to do to it, say, to ship it? Right, exactly. Way. I was gonna say that's the difference. It's easy mm. to say, and it's yeah. hard to do because actually, mm. yes, you've got a book with twenty-one essays with twenty-one writers, but I don't even I know. know how many years or how, months has gone how, into that, and that is a lot of work, and that's yeah. the difference. How difficult was that journey, like putting that together? Because I guess there's, did you lose friends? For people that didn't make the edit. <laughs> I still have hives thinking about how that book came out. Really? Oh, no, no. Because it's like, like a production. Like, Shit, well, no, no. Like, trauma. In, in all honesty, like the pulling together of it was a very warm experience. Like obviously I asked a lot more people to be in it than were actually in it like some people didn't want to be in it some people Mm. said yes and then like they didn't weren't did can didn't have a take that they wanted to Mm. to expand on some people missed the deadline some people like you know people fell away at at the every various points and 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 the book is is what it is Mm. like the the weird thing about it is um i'm a comedy writer like that's what i set out to do i I was writing comedy fiction and i was writing sitcoms and then i suddenly i did this thing because i thought it was important and it just hit in a time when that was a national conversation was happening and i just found myself thrust into being a race commentator and 
touring the country, talking about Shit. race, sitting on panels, talking with racists about why they shouldn't be racist and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> I fuck why they shouldn't like, be racist. I, I, I'm making I'm making light about it, but it was like a, it was a really <laughs> no. like, it was a horrific traumatic experience a real for me for like five years. I got like I got doxxed. I got death threats sent oh, to my yeah. house, naming my children. I got um yeah. i got all manner mm. of stuff i got pe- you know people in my industry like you know sending me like horrific emails like stuff. chatting shit yeah. like i just felt and i felt really alone with it and mm. the you know i'm sort of out the other side because i'm paying more money than i can afford for a decent therapist to kind of help me deal with the trauma of that time and it was really interesting watching Hasan wow. Minaj's like the King's Jester where he's talking about similar things and I know I didn't piss off the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia like but you know I pissed off a lot of <laughs> like really really horrible politicians and white supremacists in this country and in America mm. um you know and watching Nish Nish Kumar's new show which I think is going to be on stream streaming in the new year called Your Power Your Control which is all about him getting death threats after he did some jokes about Brexit and got a bread roll thrown at him like all of that stuff is like I didn't sign up for any of that stuff and Mm. you kind of do the Mm. work and you kind of accept the assignment because you think it's important and I like in hindsight maybe I wasn't the like maybe I shouldn't have assumed that role maybe I should have left it to the actual experts who knew what the fuck they were doing but I did it because that book had momentum and because that book had momentum I was the guy and you know if I could if I could trade back any time in my life it'd be those five years because it was just a really dark time like a really dark time like I cannot Mm. like potentially we wouldn't be having this conversation Mm. because there wouldn't Mm. be someone to have that conversation with dark time you know and i'm really like so that's why like doing spider-man is like such a win for me because that that's boyhood me like tick yeah. um like working in like in those comedy writers rooms that feels like like i'm getting back on track because it also like it mm-hmm. it disrupts your career it sends you off on a tangent like yeah. I'm not Emma Darbury or Rennie yeah. Edo Lodge or Kahindi Andrews or all these amazing people who who like know like who are just much better at that space than I am. Um and I'm just I'm just getting myself back on track now by like writing a dumb comedy drama or um working on scripts or just like writing uh you know my my new my new book for teenagers that comes out in March is literally about stand-up comedian, like a, a young brown kid who wants to be a stand-up comedian and she just feels pressure hmm. from her family to to not do that. And it was just such a joy, like trying to write a book that made people laugh. And you know, I feel <laughs> like five years hmm. after, like those five years, I'm, st- I'm starting to kind of get beyond them now. Sorry, that was... That's that amazing was very, to hear. We went dark for a second, I'm so sorry. No, it's no, it's a, it's a no, no. Don't apologize. Um, it's amazing to hear, and um, sometimes I think that as people that are not white in the current industry um, and global community, is we're almost um, we're sort of given that responsibility um, to, and to to be an activist when actually we're just navigating through our mm. experiences, um, and so I think 
and it's and it, at any time it's within all of our rights to yeah. step back and say actually like I don't want to do that or I actually want to do this and actually like it's radical to um to be to just exist in that yeah. space anyway like your book that's coming out um it's called yeah. stand up right um I started one of my special so I studied English at university and my special study was children's literature it's something I'm super passionate about um and I'm excited to read it because I think about the responsibility around teen novels and like how we are shaping people of the future but that in itself is what one of my friends likes to call is being an artivist using your <laughs> art to be able to to translate instead of being bang nail on the head we're still it's all different ways to contribute to the same yeah, de- discourse definitely i, I agree 100 percent. but there's like i earlier this year like i hit a really like dark place with all this stuff and i stopped doing interviews and i stopped doing events and i just went quiet for a long time this is like like i reached out to aaron saying oh please can i come on the pod because i genuinely like i i I genuinely am a fan of this podcast but also it felt like the safest place to start talking about stuff again do you know what i mean like because Mm -hmm. i feel like you guys are very thoughtful about how Mm -hmm. you hold these conversations and it felt like if i am to start speaking again and like sharing my thoughts about the world this to me feels like the like the most held place to kind of start doing that again so that thanks for holding this space for me oh, oh thank God. you for thank you yeah, i thank feel you like for sharing just, that man. like and <laughs> you've made our year <laughs> like what the hell mate, that that is yeah that is such a beautiful thing to hear nikesh the fact that you felt safe enough to come and chat about that because man, even, even as I, I can imagine there's so many people that would look at you and look at that book and maybe check out the gram and the things you're doing and think, you know what, you're just on an upward trajectory of joy yeah. and success, you know, but a book that has been so culturally mm. impactful and helped so many people ironically has led to a lot of, lot of suffering for you. And I think those stories are the stories that we would I mean, if, if we have the chance like now to unearth and share yeah. with the world is more important than anything else we can celebrate in terms of promotion. Yeah. Or, or and it's healthy so. that people understand that side, Mate, of, side of the the process of an artist or a, a creator or someone shipping work as well, right? Like it's, I think it would land with so many people that it's positively impacted, but make them appreciate it even more. Like it's, uh, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. Like suddenly the- <laughs> so i would say suddenly the podcast just f- f- seems so much more worth it yeah and also <laughs> yeah. is totally like up our street of trying to create spaces so our community can can talk because that was mm. the first that was where it birthed I, re- I i hadn't ever spoken to two other south asian people about commonalities or differences and i and i feel yeah i feel like I just feel like, oh my gosh, wow, that's exactly what we want. We want people from our community to come in and feel like you can be who you are and share who you are and be mm. received. Um, that's mad. Yeah. And there's so many more of us just doing it, like as, as in not podcasting, but just in the industry, <clears throat> in the game. Um, yeah. And imagine how many of us are not sharing that shit that is actually super mm. heavy, you know? Mm. Like there's so many, like there's so much pressure to maintain a certain image and all that kind of bollocks which i'm totally anti <laughs> man so yeah this has been super powerful bro honestly i've just i've got i'm too i'm too i'm too old man i just i just don't give a fuck about, about that shit to be um, honest i was um, um, 
we're, I mean, we're, we're about to we're, wrap, innit? No, no, no oh, we're, we're all about to wrap, but, yeah, we, we are. Gonna, <laughs> you know, speaking about community, we did, all three of us had one, one of these questions here. <laughs> it's just like, I'm going to highlight it now because it's been the burning one on us. And, um, uh, you, you, you know, now, nowadays I think it's, you have like an amazing group of, of peers and, um, you know, uh, a great, ensemble is what we've written down here like we, we say that you've managed to assemble the south asian avengers um in terms of how the people that you roll with <laughs> you know so rears and himesh and, and 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 the likes but the most important question is who's the iron man in that as uh avengers set up <laughs> and and how and how did you how did you assemble them man slow exhale you know <laughs> I, I most important question of the day man i really appreciate this question um i'm just going <laughs> to shout out two people who i think no three people who i think are just like they are i don't know they're just the most incredible people moose rock wonga is just the rock for so many people Musa right. has like yeah. ever since I met him when we were both dancing to C6 Steve of all people at Latitude <laughs> in like 2006 <laughs> has just been oh, like one of my best friends. Yeah. I fucking love that man. He is the kindest, most generous, most thoughtful and supportive friend an artist could ever have. But also he's one of the sickest writers I know. Like he wrote three books last year. Yeah just just you know one's a memoir yes. one's a memoir yeah. about love and bisexuality in berlin one is a memoir about power and eton college and one is a kid's book about football co-written with ian wright and he is just an astonishing talent um his his way of viewing the world and imbuing it with practicality and empathy but making it sound lyrical and poetic is just unparalleled i think that guy is just i like so many of us would not have survived without musa at the end of the phone like because he's just like he just knows as well he will call you up he will just call any of us up and just go <laughs> okay just just because he can man. send something that's a superpower and it's like, yeah that's a mad superpower man yeah like him and shimen suleiman who you know she's one of my best friends she's also like all of your favorite writers she's their favorite writer in the same way that mf doom is every all of your favorite rappers favorite rapper she is Rapper's she is rapper. all of your favorite, <laughs> writers, favorite writer. she is unbelievable but she's also like yeah she's one of my best friends and the like i don't i'm not even i'm not even doing this in an adventures way i'm just um talking about how much i love my friend <laughs> um <laughs> Um, you know this should be a regular this the should core be a regular of, like, thing marvel though, you know? right and community tell, tell us about your friends yeah yeah. Um, yeah but actually though this is the core of marvel it's all about community it's all about love <laughs> there's a lot going on i'm also a marvel fan so <laughs> I, i'm i'm geeking out for sure yeah there was this like um hilarious hell it wasn't hilarious but musa, musa and nish have me in their phones as nick fury 
Um, so, <laughs> there we go. So whenever the, whenever they get text, whenever they get text messages, they get te- well, whenever I hit up the group chat, it's from Nick Fury. It's a symbol, which, which is very funny. Um, that that's the real flex. That's the flex. Uh, <laughs> the, the next anthology should just Fury. be I'm putting together a team, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <isn't> it. <laughs> Nikesh, man, it's been such a beautiful jam to have yeah, you on. Thank you. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, and th- and chat thanks about for it the all. podcast as well. I've I really have enjoyed listening to it since it since it started. It's always been incredibly thoughtful, and you know, I haven't always agreed with all of you, but good, <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I think it's like there isn't there isn't much space that is allowed for softness and i think there's a real softness and generosity to this podcast and i really appreciate that because that's that's just something i i really resonate with really resonates with me thank you that's going to be our new sting yeah likewise Cheers, man. yeah thank you and well, thank listen. you for bringing yourself because you know to create this space is to co-create mm. it and it mm. takes your vulnerability and your openness and your softness Pas- to be able to have this kind of conversation. A hundred percent. So thank you. Um, we can't wait to see what what's coming out, what's not coming out. You just existing. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, the real question, I want to know what that went down in LA, Nick. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> what got discussed? No, Is that just after we stopped recording? That's when the real conversation starts. Yeah, that's another that's <laughs> chat, mate. Guys, I went for coffee with Larry David. That's how nuts LA was. What is this behavior? So that brings us to the end of the latest season, but first episode. Thank you for staying with us all the way through. If you did, and if you kind of listened to it in different um, parts and sections, how I kind of tend to do when I listen to other podcasts. Thanks. I hope you found some some value and some um some useful bits and pieces in there you know what i think every time i get on the mic and we start recording we always think that we have an idea of what we're going to get from a guest and then by the end of the recording we always just realize there's just so much more um so much more value and things that we learned coming off the back of the episode so um i'm just hoping that you guys get the same thing um as always thank you for the support please do subscribe to the podcast you can catch us on all podcasts and platforms please do interact and hit us up in the dms and all the different socials whether that's instagram tiktok or twitter twitter you know i don't even know why i say twitter because we don't actually ever use it but you know what if you guys are there you can still do it and i'll probably have an inbox of like 30 unread unread messages however on instagram we are what is this behavior podcast and on twitter and tiktok we are witb underscore podcast so actually do hit us up uh, and connect and engage so until then uh, catch you in the next episode peace what is this behavior do you want it you're dying for it what is this behavior